Each week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y Charts. Quality data with easy to use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of Y Charts for the price of 12, plus a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today again, and every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific Time. And of course, I hope you will take the time out and give me a call and ask any investing questions you might have. And when and if you do make the call, you're going to take charge of the program, not me. Uh, it goes where you, the direction of the show is based on what you want to talk about. As long as it's financial, I'm here to talk about it. And of course, it's all toward our mutual goal of financial freedom. We all want to get there. And um, so I'm, we all want to be better investors. That's how, how we get there, right? Now, not only do you have to be a good investor, you have to be a good saver. Because saving the money so you can invest it, that's where it starts, right? Saving the money. So you got to spend less than you earn. And we do this all, you know, then what the invested in is really what we're what we're about here on the show. How to invest it well. Okay? And that's all about thinking independently so that we all can share in success. All of us. Now, today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move us toward that goal of financial freedom. And we'll do it together. We'll do it one step at a time, you and I, one question at a time, and we'll get there. So our Anytime Listener line, line line is open right now, and the number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, my main talking point today concerns the, this story. Not all fangs, then we're talking about the fang socks, will survive the regulation battle. I've written about this. I've talked about it. These big blue chip tech stocks are attracting a lot of regulation. Not yet. What they're attracting is attention by the regulators. And that's not good. Okay? It's not good. So we're, that's what we're going to talk about today. A Wall Street term has handicapped that the impact potential, the impact potential of big tech regulation is it's, it's going to be really bad for Facebook in particular, is what they said. Facebook. Hmm. Now, I've got some other interesting points we're going to talk about. Uh, how about, is the dollar, the U.S. dollar overvalued? So, we'll discuss that. Um, um, let's see. Uh, how about the housing and builder stocks have been downgraded? Doesn't that seem odd? Think about it. We have low, mortgage rates really low, very low unemployment. Economy looks pretty good. And some some of the some of the smart money uh, analysts are downgrading the housing and builder stocks. So I wanted to talk about that. Hmm. Treasury Department recommends mandatory financial classes for college students, literary uh, uh, literacy courses for 
college students, financial literacy courses. Huh. Treasury Department is doing that. Why would they get involved in college? So we'll talk about that. And then I got a couple other things here. We want to talk about government debt, maybe. Uh, not our government debt necessarily, but, you know, including our government debt. But uh, we'll talk about these things today. Now, of course, everything is what do you want to talk about? How did the market do? Well, today the stocks were up quite sharply. The Dow was up 353 points, and the Nasdaq 109, and the S&P up 28. We're less than 1% away from the top. From the top, we made at the very, remember May was a really bad May, one of the worst Mays ever. So far, June is one of the best Junes ever. <laughs> So that tells you how volatile the market is. So we're getting close to the top it made uh, in May, and that was just a little bit above the top it made last September. So you can tell where that's a that tells us it's a lot of over, what we call overhead resistance, right? We're right approaching it now. And can the market break above those? If it does, technically, reading a chart, if it breaks above that with any gusto. Then it's on another bull leg, and we don't know how far that's going to go up. It's going to continue up for a period of time. If it fails at the third time, then we don't. Then it's going to fall back down and have another correction. But it won't just go up there and stop and go sideways. That's pretty unusual. It's usually it'll either break out or break down because that's a resistance level, and that's usually what happens at those resistance levels. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But of course. You know, we always want to go to the callers first. So that's so. Let's go ahead. There's um, you can call on our anytime listener line number eight 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 ninety nine chart. And here's a call that came in earlier. Salinas and love your show. I had a question regarding Occidental Petroleum. Symbol is O X Y. Noticed it's had quite the drop in the last month or so. And curious if you would feel it's a good opportunity to get in at this time. Appreciate all the feedback and look forward to hearing the response on the next podcast. Thank you. Okay, OXY, OXY Occidental Petroleum Company. It's out of Houston. Engaged in the exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. Um, it, it it makes money and always has made money for umpteen years, right? I mean... It's one of it's just one of those companies that do that does that you know big oil. Um, they did lose it in 2016. They lost a dollar one a share. I wonder why they did that. That's very unusual. I wonder what happened there. Anyways, they're going to make three dollars and ninety one cents this year. That's the estimate, but down from five dollars last year, and then it's going to go down again to next year to three dollars and seventy two cents. And of course, we know why. Oil prices have been falling. Prices have been falling. So, oil, you know, so the stock has been falling. I mean, it's high, it was $87 a share in 2018, and here it is $50.35. Now, that also means the dividend yield has gone up because, you know, they pay in dollars. So, the dividend they pay in dollars. So, the dividend yield, as the price goes down, goes up, and it's at 6.2%. Return on equity is very good at 18. PE is, uh, you know, around 10. But that's that's based on last year's PE. Look at next year's. $3.72 means that the PE is more like 14, 15. So it's not as cheap 
because their earnings are going down. We're, but, you know, it's it's a very solid company. You buy this because you think it's at a good value and it's paying a really nice dividend because it's going to be around forever. It's not going away. The, the problem you have is we're in late economic cycle and the oil, oil prices, the price of oil is telling you that the economy looks like it's slowing. I'm not just talking about ours. I'm talking about the world economy. Because the demand has slowed down for oil, and that's anticipating more slowdown going forward. Therefore, these stocks are under pressure. Now, at some point, there are great buys, right? I mean, if you're a patient and you like the 6.2% dividend, nothing wrong with buying oxygen on petroleum, putting in your portfolio. Nothing wrong with that. Okay? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And since we're now only days away from the Invest Talk Wealth Conference, that's this Saturday, by the way. I strongly encourage you to consider signing up. All you do is go to investtalk.com and sign up there. You you know, it, it's in Irvine, everybody. Irvine, California, in our ground floor of our brand new building. Uh, we're on a sixth floor, and the conference room is down the first floor. So, so we'd love to see you there. Now, you work hard for every day, like we all do, right? Your objective is to achieve financial freedom, like we all trying to. So... The quickest way to jumpstart that in your efforts, maybe is to join us, Justin Klein and I and Jason Toper, the three money managers in our office at this two-hour wealth conference. It's just four days away, this Saturday, Irvine. So, and that's south of LA, north of San Diego, you know, South Orange County. I don't know if you know where that is. Uh, so, if we'll, we'll help you. This conference will help you. We're going to talk about understanding the current volatile market. They come, they come about June, May and June. The volatility, it's obvious. Try to understand that. We'll give you a plan to boost income and maybe manage your risk of your investments. And uh, we'll define ways for you to you know, seek out the opportunities that this market gives. Every market gives you opportunities. It's whether you can recognize them or not. Sometimes it's very difficult. Remember, you can take control of your financial future. You don't have to rely on anybody else. To do that, you just have to have knowledge. And we're going to help you with that. That's Saturday, 9 to 11. 9 to 11 a.m. in Irvine. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. Love to talk to you. The 10-year Treasury yield today got down to 2.03%. That's a 21-month low. And what do we worry about? We worry about the inversion, right? Yield curve inversion. Is the two-year treasury yielding more than the 10? Okay, if it does, that's inversion. Usually the 10 gives you more yield. 2.03 today. 21-month low. And that's one of the reasons the Fed might consider lowering interest rates, right? Because they can only control one rate. 
their rate, overnight rate that they lend money to banks. All these the, the treasuries, bills and bonds, they're controlled by you and me. But if they lower the one rate that they can control, it influences all the other rate and it may lower the rate of the two year, therefore keeping the spread between the two year and the 10 year more normal. That's how they can help do that. So no matter how you cut it, no matter how you cut it, when it comes to money-making potential, America is the only game in town. Overseas dollars are coming here. Germany, Japan, you know, they're both negative interest rates for their government bonds. Their central bank, they're negative. Why would you buy, you can buy ours in a 10-year and you get 2% hours in a U.S. dollar, which is really strong, which is probably too strong. But it, for if you're a foreigner, why would you not do that? Now, the reason why you would not do that is because you're scared that something's going to happen with the U.S. dollar. But maybe you're more scared of your own currency. Now, that seems crazy, right? But, you know, people who lend money and people who have money, they're looking for safety plus interest. They're not looking to... How would you like to put your money in the bank and have to pay the bank to hold on to it? You want to do that? Who wants to do that? Not too many people in the world want to do that just doesn't make sense. So all eyes are on the Fed. They're having a meeting. They'll be out tomorrow. Their decision, will they cut the rate? I, I frankly don't think they will. I don't think they will. Think about what we're talking about here. As I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you about the Fed cutting the rate. And the Fed's talking about the Fed cutting the rate. You watch. They're, they're going to talk about it tomorrow after the meeting. Oh, we got, there's different pressures in the economy and we need to be diligent in our rate. You know, I think you know how they talk. Anyways, we weren't discussing this in December. We were talking about are there, how many rate increases are they going to give us? Do you know how many rate increases they did in a row? Nine. Nine rate increases. And yes, interest rates are very low. But you're, we're in a new reality. Interest rates are going to stay low for a decade or more. Another decade. So, anyways... Now, uh, so what's going on? Gold is a $1,356 an ounce, $1,356 an ounce. So there's also a flight to safety. Oil is down, $54 a barrel. Those two things alone are telling you that there's something not right. Gasoline price is $2.67 per gallon out there. Not in California. We're closer to $4 than $2.67. That's, that's, by the way, gasoline has been down 18 days in a row. This is Invest Talk, and we are moving this halfway through June. I understand that many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolios in shape. Well, yeah, you do. Please do not worry. You are not in this alone. Give us a call. KPP Financial, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Maggie. I'm calling from California. I really appreciate your show. So much great information. I'm looking to purchase an ETF, FT, 
E C. And I was wondering what you thought about this. Would you purchase it? Pros and cons. That would be great. Also, I was wondering, I'm looking on the Fidelity website right now, and I'm comparing this ETF to some other ETFs. And this ETF says it has a tax cost ratio of 0.32. And I was wondering what a tax cost ratio is. That would be helpful. Thank you again very, very much. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, I'll add your last part first. Uh, FTEC is Fidelity Miscellaneous Information Technology ETF. Mutual funds and ETFs, uh, they have uh, capital gains during their, their, their life, right? And what they're talking about is what is the capital gains uh, 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 how much capital gains are you going to have to you're going to have to pay on the capital gains tax on? Because every mutual fund and every TTF has capital gains, and so they're trying to give and and of course not everyone, but some of them also have uh, dividend yields. So you're going to have to pay taxes on that. So they're trying to give you a number of uh, trying to figure out how much their their tax consequence are are for this ETF or any ETF. That's what that's all about. I'd have to, you'd have to get the perspectives and read it to find out how they're comp- computing that. And of course, no one will do that because that's pretty, you know, that's fine print and hard to understand probably. Anyways, this ETF is tracking the uh, USA Information Technology Index. So it's a technology ETF. So this ETF would do well when tech stocks do well and do poorly when they do poorly. It's as simple as that. If you want to get into a bunch of tech stocks, this is an ETF that will get you there. Now, that does very well when the market's in a bull market phase and tech stocks are running, and they have been doing that for some time. And then it will get it can do very poorly if you know the economic cycle turns on you and it goes down. But long term, it works pretty darn good. Okay, but just remember that you're buying it kind of at the high price now because it's at, you know, the market's done well bouncing back up from the May low. So right now, I think I'd wait to see if it can break above its old high, which was right around $63. It's at $61.81 now. If it breaks above like the rest of the market and they break above, well, we don't know how high it's high. They'll just keep running until when they stop. But I don't think I'd buy it right this minute. You might want to wait for the next pullback. Okay. My main talking point today concerns a story. Not all FANG stocks will survive the regulation battle. What am I talking about there? Well, I, I mentioned it on the air here a number of times about FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Big blue chip. They, I mean, we're talking about almost a trillion dollars. Some of them are a trillion dollars. Almost a trillion dollars on some of these, many of them. And they're attracting attention because they're so dominant. Do you remember, we have our antitrust laws here in the United States. And, you know, they're attracting attention. So Facebook could be impacted the most, according to certain, you know, people need him and companies that in their research note on Monday. The Federal Trade Commission and Department of Justice came to an agreement last month over which big tech companies would fall under which agency's jurisdiction, FTC and the Department of Justice. Now, according to Martin, the Needham and Company researcher, uh, the broader scope of FTC mandate could be more harmful to Facebook 
than the Department of Justice oversight of Google. So Apple and Google are falling under the Department of Justice, and uh, FTC is going to be under uh, uh, Facebook and Amazon. Okay, so the FTC has a broader mandate than the Department of Justice. I'm not sure why they had to come to an agreement. I don't understand why. Of all of them aren't under the Federal Trade Commission. Commission, it seems like that's where it would naturally or normally or be. But that's how they decided to think. Probably both of them wanted to investigate them for whatever reasons, are investigating them, and decided to make the job easier because they are huge, and it's a mammoth project to investigate these things, right? But I think Facebook is the first one up. It's going to be the one with the most trouble because of the recent news that we've seen, you know, about Facebook, about how they're, you know, about privacy invasions and things. You, you, you've seen the news just as well as I. I don't have to go over it. But I think Facebook is the most, the, the one that's been targeted, if you want my opinion. Facebook. And uh, but all all the big techs are going to have more scrutiny. Big companies attract it. In my day when I was younger, IBM attracted huge scrutiny and was sued many times by the federal, the FTC, and you know for monopolistic practices and stuff. And that didn't go away until the PC came along and all of a sudden Big Blue, which is what their big computers, all of a sudden was not dominant anymore in the computer industry. So big companies attract big attention. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, a warning to dividend investors, don't get streamrolled as the economy soars. With regard to dividend investing, the key is not necessarily to buy big fat dividends, but to buy growing dividends. Long-term growth. We'll look at that tomorrow, by the way. We're going to talk about that this Saturday, too, at the conference. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Every week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y-Charts. And keep this in mind, Y-Charts is a lot more than charting. Y-Charts includes dashboards, screeners, alerts, email reports, fundamental and technical analysis, plus deep-dive security research, economic data, Excel integration, model portfolios, and more. Steve Peasley uses and endorses Ycharts. Ycharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. And Justin Klein agrees that Ycharts is a must. And we get our data from Ycharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform, and we find it indispensable. So with Ycharts, serious investors get everything they need in one place. If you are a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in Ycharts is not free. But Ycharts has more horsepower and far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo and Google. And Ycharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. So Ycharts is, for InvestTalk, a value investment. Remember, compared to free sites, Ycharts provides better tools with a more easily accessible set of robust, accurate data, all at a price point that is very affordable. And now our listeners can try Ycharts for free. In the words of a loyal Ycharts customer, Ycharts saves us several hours a week. If you try and purchase Ycharts during the month of June, your 12-month paid subscription buys 14 months of Ycharts. 
Plus, Steve and Justin will also give you a free one-year subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now at go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. The countdown has started. We are just four days from a very special event, the KPP Financial Talk Wealth Conference. It's a live two-hour learning opportunity led by Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. At the Wealth Conference happening this Saturday morning in Irvine, Steve and Justin will define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. You can take control of your financial future if you know how. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, so step up with your finance and investment questions. 888-99-CHART. So we were just talking about Facebook, right? I mean, uh, Facebook and all the other thing stocks. Well, Facebook, the biggest social network on the planet now today that it's launching a cryptocurrency-based payment system called Libra. Now, unlike Bitcoin, BTC is that symbol, Libra will be tied to the value of real-world currencies. And I'm not sure how that is. And a new subsidy called Calibra that will offer the digital wallet for the Libra. Not quite sure how that's going to work out. But Libra will be launched next year. 2.5 billion users per day use Facebook the Facebook platform, and their products. 27 partners have signed up so far. 27 meaning, you know, people who will take the cryptocurrency, the Libra. Okay, so you can use Libra to buy things. You know, maybe that's going to be the future. Maybe they'll expand to making loans. I don't know. Now, imagine the revenue Libra could take in for Facebook. And, of course, you know that's going to attract more regulation, right? Banking regulations, you know that. But think about the small fee that they take on every transaction. Multiply that time, billions of transactions. This could be really, really big. Now, Facebook still has the same governance problems, though, and privacy issues, just as we talked about before the break. So, you know. We'll have to see how this works out. Uh, you know, um, socials, uh, some social media users uh, regard Zuckerberg's financial service ambitions as a red line that they will not cross. Because, you know, maybe it's too invasive. We'll see. Let's go to David in Dublin. How you doing, David? Good. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Great. Um my question was, uh, I have uh, some money to invest, and I was wondering, I'm not really savvy with stocks, I was wondering any recommendations that you would possibly have. I'm looking to invest anywhere from fifty dollars to $100,000. Okay. Um, the FTC, I have regulations myself, <laughs> like Facebook. I cannot just blurt out recommendations over the air. Anybody who manages money cannot make recommendations over the air. If I was somebody who was just entertaining you, I could. I could talk about anything I want to. I can answer questions about stocks or mutual funds or ETFs. The caller asks about, but I can't bring up companies and say, hey, I think you should buy this or buy that. But I can give you a general answer, David. Uh, I would probably stick with a broader ETF. 
as opposed to individual stocks uh, until you learn a bit more about how things work. Um, um, and I would probably move, I would probably consider dividend paying ETFs. Uh, dividend growth ETFs. And I do have a list of those. I have about five or six on a list that I'd be happy to sell. I'd be happy to mail you, email you if you email me and ask for it. Okay? And I'll send you the list of ETFs that pay dividends. I'm not recommending them and I'm giving you a list. So you, you have to do your own research and pick the ones you want out. Okay? And that's what I could do. That. I think I'm right on that. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Say that. Say the symbol again. Uh, the stock S A N M. It's uh, San Mina S C I. I have a little bit of stock in that. And what's your view on that stock? Let's see if I can find F A M N. Frank Apple Mary Nancy. Sam. S is in Sam. It's Sanmina S-E-I. S-A-N-M. Sam, Apple, Nancy, Mary. Okay, let's see if I can find it. Okay, there it is. Okay, yeah, it's out of, it's out of San Jose. It's a $1.9 billion company. Uh, contract manufacturer, printed circuit boards, enclosed ca- enclosures, cable assemblies, precision machinery components. They make money. They've always made money. Making more money. They're growing their earnings this year by 50%. Next year by another 8%. Sales have increased recently. They're doing very, very well. And they're going to make $3.57 a share next year. And it's a $28 stock. It's a pretty darn good value. Okay, in other words, you're pay- you're not overpaying for the stock. Let me look at a chart real fast. Um, return on equity is not that high at 10%. That's a little worry. Not too hardly any debt. Um, let's see, what else can I can ferret out here? Okay. Um, I, it looks like a pretty, fundamentally, fundamentally, this looks like a pretty strong company. So I could recommend it, David. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Michael, Los Angeles. How you doing, Michael? Good, 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 good. I have a question about uh, Dell, uh, Dell Technologies. Um, today it's at fifty-one, yes. fifty-one. I believe it closed out at. And uh, you know, this is a respectable company. It's been around a while. And uh, you know, I think like uh-huh. at one point, I think it was May fifteenth or something like that. It was at like sixty-nine eighty, which was like its high. And uh, yeah, I think right. the revenue missed its estimate, and then. It just kind of fell, and now it's at 51. I was wondering what you think about this stock, if it's uh, sort of a good long-term gamble. I think it is. Uh, um, I, I will say this. Uh, uh, it's awful inexpensive, okay? Think of, this is what they're going to make this year. They're going to make $6.48 this year. Now, last year, they made $9.37, so that's like... Wow, how come they dropped down so much? But next year they're going to make seven dollars and twenty-nine cents a share, and it's all these are the estimates. Okay, so at seven dollars and twenty-nine cents, it's a fifty-one dollars and fifty-one cent stock. That tells you the PE is what seven? You know, between seven and eight. Okay, well the five-year range for the stock is four to eight, so it's not like compared to its longer return range, is not cheap, but compared to every other tech stock out there, it's pretty darn cheap. So the question is, 
At what price do you buy? It was, as you said, close to $70 a share not that long ago. Here it is 51 So I think you're getting close to what the what a good buy point, Michael. I think that I think you're looking at the right stock. I think I would be a little bit patient, but it is oversold right now. It's probably going to bounce. It's going to bounce. Uh, it tried to bounce today. It didn't do too well of to what did it intraday, but it still was up 1.7%. But it was a big up day, so you would think it would be a bigger bounce. I think you just got to wait. What you're looking for is it to trade sideways for a week or two, not falling, and then start back up. I would be patient and wait for it to show you a little bit of strength before you got it. a few days of strength. I don't think it's going to just bounce straight back up and not, it won't do that. So I think you have time, but keep it on your watch list, but take your time. Thanks for the call. It's Dell, D-E-L-L, everybody. Dell Technology Manufacturing Market Sales and Supports Products and Services to Customers, Wide Range. Okay, D-E-L-L. I'm, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live in the four o'clock hour Pacific time every weekday. And it's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via archive podcast at investtalk.com. And of course, you can listen, subscribe, and rate Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. I hope you will. I hope you will tell your friends too, and family, and anybody, any, even strangers, to listen to Invest Talk. Appreciate that. And now the lines are open. We're taking your financial investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. In today's low-yield world, it is difficult to find great income opportunities while still maintaining safety and liquidity. Steve and I can help you. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Justin Klein. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference this Saturday. 888-992-4278, everybody. Let's talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. He wants to talk about salesforce.com. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Well, I got a cold. I'm fighting a cold, and it's been a one week today, and I'm getting sick of it. That's what I'm doing, but oh, otherwise, I'm fine. Well, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, I just want to tell you that I really no appreciate your show. I'm a regular listener. Um, Thank you. Just Thank want you. to ask you, uh, your opinion on uh, Salesforce. Okay. Salesforce.com. Uh, I, I don't know if everybody remember. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, is, is this company uh, affected by the trade war? I'm just curious also about that. Okay. Okay, uh, Salesforce provides on-demand customer relationship management software applications and services to businesses. It's out of San Francisco. I don't think it'll be affected by very much, no. 
by the trade war. I, I really don't. Because um, most of our business would probably be in the United States, being out of San Francisco. It's a big company, though, so that you know they have some international business. You know it. $116 billion company. They're going to make $2.90 this year. That's the estimate. That's up 22% from last year. And they're going to be up another 20% next year. So it's got some really good numbers. It's growing its sales 25 to 27% every quarter for the last two years consistently. So it's still growing. And that's still growing at that rate at that big of a company. You've got to be impressed with it. you got to be. So it's $150 stock. $150 stock going to make $3.46. So that tells you right there that it's really expensive. The P.E. is about 35, 40 P.E. And the reason why it's expensive because it grows so consistently in large numbers. I mean, earnings growing 20% every year, sales growing 25% every quarter for the last two years. And as long as it can keep doing that, it's going to be overpriced like this because the market P.E. is only 15 and here, this one is, you know, the 35. I mean, huge. The company is really good, Chris. Really good. But you're going to be buying it. If you buy it, it's going to be expensive. And at some point, it'll probably get cheap. I don't know when. Cheap meaning it'll go down to, you know, a more reasonable P.E. ratio. Not. I don't know what that be because if they keep growing their earnings, a, a reasonable P.E. ratio could be, you know, 15 and it still might be $150 because they grew their earnings so fast. So, so it's kind of hard to know. Um, but... Um, Right, just know that you're, if you're going to buy it, it's expensive. I probably wouldn't buy it at this point. I'd wait for a pretty good pullback. It had a decent pullback all the way down to 117 in November. And then back down to 120 in December. So when it gets down to the 100, low 100s, 110 to 125, I'd probably be a buyer of it. That'd be a much better bargain. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the call. CRM, Salesforce.com, everybody. Now, in June, the U.S. economy reached its 10th year of expansion. Expansion in June, 10th year. You know how many times that's happened in the ha history? Okay. How's it, how, do you think it's going to do that another 10 years, consistently expand? Hmm. Now, it's almost impossible to, to see in the future, and I cannot see foresee, I cannot foresee 10 years of expansion like we had. New government numbers show that Americans spend more money shopping online than they spend in restaurants and bars combined. This online shopping helped this span this last 10 years. Online shopping has been huge. And of course, we know it's changed the landscape of retailing. But, note, you know, people think that, oh, gosh, uh, and the online shopping, Amazon, they're going to destroy our economy because they're going to ruin big box stores and all the stores are going to go out of business. And, and yet we've had 10 years of expansion without that happening. Expanding. We're growing even though. See, just because things are changing, and this is what I love about that book, Creative Destruction, describes this process that we have in this country. Destroying old companies and old ways of doing businesses and old industries and recreating new ones all the time. And it always makes the economy very vibrant and grows the economy. So, 
Um, be more specific, did you notice that retail sales last month were up 5.5% for May? Imported by the Conference Department. So things are, you know, from that point of view, the consumer is spending money. As long as the consumer spends money, has a job, spends money, it's hard to foresee a recession. But I think we're getting closer and closer to it. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. What the Federal Reserve says tomorrow after the meeting is going to be very interesting. As I said, I don't think they're going to raise. Uh, I don't think they're going to lower the rate, and they're going to. I don't think they're going to lower the rate, but I do think they'll talk about it a lot. Now, as we go into break, here's a quick question for you. So far this year, what is the big best performing IPO in the U.S.? I think I know that one. I'll have the answer for you though. I'll get you the real answer. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a warning for dividend investors. Don't get steamrolled as the economy sours. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked you, uh, did you know the best performing IPO this year in the United States, you know, for 2019? The answer is Beyond Meat, B-Y-N-D. I think it was up like 10% today or so. Shares of Beyond Meat are up more than 550% since the company IPO'd in May. Just May. 550%. Okay, it started at 40, in the 40s, right? And now trading at near $165 per share. Huh. Do you think it's going to stay there? Huh. Anyways, interesting stuff. Let's talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. How you doing, Jerry? Good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, thank you for the call. Good, good. Hey, so, Teva, will it ever be the powerhouse it used to be? I know you got the opioid crisis. They had a lot of debt, but should, should, I mean, well, it dropped so much over the last two years. I know. He's talk, we're talking about Teva Pharmaceuticals, everybody. Symbol T-E-V-A. Israel developer of generic specialty and over-the-counter drugs and active pharmaceutical ingredients. It is one of the larger, largest uh, generic drug makers. The stock is selling for $8.36, and they're going to make $2.57 a share. That tells you that the PE is, what, three? Three-something? Yeah. And the five-year range right. is three to 13. And, yeah, so the stock has, has great value, and sales have been falling, profits have been falling. I mean, they were making four, five dollars and. 42 cents in 2015. Now they're going to make $2.57. I think, I, I, you know, it, this is, would be a great stock to take some risk on, in my personal opinion. Uh, I don't think I'd bet the farm on anything, but I might put a couple percentage in it at this low price. I mean, you know, Warren Buffett's a buyer of this stock. So it's hard for me to argue with Warren. Uh, they've had management problems. Then they had those opioid problems. People, you know, being sued. You know, so I, now the question is: Are the problems already built, priced into the stock? And if nothing else comes along, I'm sure it is. I mean, it, I mean, 
it's worth more than eight dollars with making two dollars fifty seven cents. They've always made money. They're not. It's not like they're not making money. So uh, I think that would be a good price to take a shot at it. But don't bet the farm or anything like that. Just buy a small position and see how it goes. Appreciate the call, Jerry. Thank you. Is the dollar overvalued? Remember, Ted Trump, President Trump, tweeting, um, being not happy with uh, Mario Draghi, Mario Draghi of the ECB, the European Central Bank, who said that he was uh, yesterday said that he was ready to loosen monetary policy. Man, I don't know how much looser they can get. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, they just didn't they just announce a couple of months ago that they they were going to maybe stop buying their bonds, which is QE, quantitative easing, loosening. And now they're going to try to do something more. And they have negative interest rates in Europe already for a lot of government debt. And so when they say that, that's going to make their currency, the euro, weaker against our dollar. And of course, that hurts our exports and hurts our companies that, you know, making things. And that's why Trump is not happy. One thing you got to say about Trump, he's always trying to trying to look out for our corporations, whether you like him or not. He that and whether he's right or not, that's a whole another issue. But he is trying to figure out ways to help our companies, and this is why he's complaining about the currency uh, and Mario Draga. Anyways, but our 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 dollar is overvalued. I mean, it. In 2014, the dollar has, since then, has increased steadily for all these years, from 2014 on. Now, at the same time, the Federal Reserve raised rates nine times. So, a lot of this is because the Federal Reserve keeps raising rates or kept raising rates. Now, they're thinking about lowering them. Uh, and, of course, t- Trump you know, whines about it, but he's part of the problem. Didn't he cut taxes? In the economy last year or the year before or when he started, whatever that was, that boosted our economy. That makes our dollar stronger, not weaker. <laughs> strong economy makes a strong dollar. So you kind of damned if you damned if you don't. You know, if you want a strong economy, you're going to make the currency stronger. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program, everybody. And I thank you for joining us, and thank you for your support and your questions. Please come back tomorrow. Wednesday. Tomorrow will be Wednesday. We may have a Fed rate decision by then to talk about. So, have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. 
And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 